Hey, what's up, guys? This is Box Office Brunch. We're your hosts. I'm David. And I'm Rita. And today we're talking about The Birdcage. We -hmm. are still on our Robin Williams bullshit. (laughs) It's only been two episodes. Yeah, and we're still on it. (laughs) It's going to be a while. Yeah, we got a few more to go. Like a lot more to go. (laughs) Not a lot, but we're not halfway. Five more. (laughs) We're not halfway. Yeah. Brunch? Are you going to talk about brunch? Yeah. Okay. Um, so for brunch today, we did cereal. <laughs> what? I'm just laughing at how I was prepared. I don't know. Zach, David texted <laughs> me yesterday and he said, what would you like for brunch tomorrow? I am at the store. And I said cereal. Just instantly. <laughs> Within two seconds. Yeah. And what kind of cereal did we have? Reese's Puffs. Objectively, the best, the best cereal. Although... I'm not, I love cereal, but my mouth is a little cut up right now. Yeah. A little. When I, because I asked Rita what kind of cereal she wanted and in typical, no offense, in typical female fashion, she just said good cereal. So (laughs) um, I was tasked with figuring out what that meant and not being wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. I didn't want you to get, I don't know. Well, I almost responded and then I was like, oh God, I'm going to do the guy thing where I just like keep asking questions until you get annoyed because I was like, do you mean good cereal as in like taste good or good cereal as in like healthy? I definitely did not mean healthy cereal. Okay. Well, that's I why the good kind. I got Reese's Puffs, but I also got Special K Red Berries and Honey Bunches of Oats, which I also, I love both of those cereals. These are like my top three favorite cereals. I've never had Honey Bunches of Oats, but I remember the commercials. Oh, with the squirrel or whatever? Mm, no, oh. that was honeycomb no honey bunches uh, of oats is when they go to the factory and they interview the workers mm. and they talk I about think how in the they... 90s it was a, like a little cartoon squirrel oh i thought you meant that big scary thing I don't from know the honeycomb commercial oh no yes do they still make honeycomb cereal yeah okay my favorite growing up was kicks berries but they don't make them anymore mm. They just make regular kicks. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't had cereal in a while. I think I went through like a cereal phase before I moved. But I haven't had cereal since I've been here. Well, that changed. Because we only had the Reese's Puffs. You have two other unopened boxes. Yeah. I'm going to run out of milk. I didn't get enough milk for three boxes of cereal. (laughs) Guess you're going to have to go back outside. Oh, no. (laughs) Say it ain't so. (laughs) We didn't do mimosas today. I just oh, I, yeah, I forgot. We could, we still could during the break. Yeah, we will come back with mimosas. Yeah, I was telling my friends that my mimosas, my my my, my, my mimosas, my mimosas <laughs> always usually a drop of champagne and the rest orange juice, and then yours is usually oh a drop of orange juice and the rest champagne. I don't know if we have orange juice. I guess we're just drinking straight. We up have champagne. the orange juice that you brought, but I don't know if it's still good. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> Story of our lives. Yeah. Oops, David pulls things out of his fridge and asks if it's still good. <laughs> that makes it sound like my fridge is so gross. Your fridge isn't gross, actually. It's very clean, but it's just funny that you... Do yeah. you remember when you kept buying cheese because you yeah. thought you were out? <laughs> and I thought he was exaggerating, but then he opened up his freezer and his entire freezer was full of cheese. Okay. It wasn't my entire freezer, but I did have like six bags of shredded cheese in my freezer. 
because you kept buying yeah because i was i would meal prep i used to be a lot better about meal prepping than i've been lately but i would go to the store and i'd be getting stuff and almost all of my meal preps involved shredded cheese for something and every time i was there i'm like do i have any i'm gonna get a bag just in case and then i'd bring a bag home and i'd realize that i had three in my refrigerator (laughs) can't relate i definitely check everything incessantly well that's the difference because between me and you. I stressed myself out one time. I organized all my one spices. One time? Yeah, it took one time to learn because I, I was... You've never stressed yourself out before I about meant, anything else? I meant with grocery shopping. Okay. Because I was organizing my spices and I had bought nutmeg four different times. I think I have like probably cinnamon or something in my spice cabinet. Like I think I have like three of them. <laughs> I you mean, just never know because you don't use the spices, some certain spices enough to yeah. know if you have it or not. And I'm always, when I'm at the store, if I don't remember if I have it, I'm always like, I should get more because I don't want to not have it when I get home. Right. Just like if I need like one can of something, I'll usually get two cans because, or if I'm unsure, then I'm like, I, I don't, I'd rather have too much than not enough. Right. So you end up with just lots of random stuff extra <laughs> but my pantry's kind of sad right now mm-hmm. i don't have a lot in there because i'm trying to use up the stuff i do have in there before it expires i think i have a lot of like uncle ben's rice that rice is good yeah i had one the other day that was really not good oh it was the they have like a korean barbecue rice and I was like, that sounds good. I love Korean barbecue. And then I got it and it was like it wasn't bad. It just like didn't have any flavor. It was just like dyed a different color. <laughs> do you love Korean barbecue or do you just love Korean food? Uh, because we've never gotten the barbecue. Bulgogi is Korean barbecue. We just haven't gotten it to like cook ourselves. Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, we should do that mm-hmm. sometime. I don't I I don't know that I've had enough Korean food to say that I like just all Korean food. Like I don't like kimchi. Blasphemy. Neither does Zach. I think kimchi is... I don't is... really like pickled things. Do you like pickles? No. Oh, I don't know why I didn't know that. Oh, you should know it. I'm pretty vocal about it when they put pickles on my shit. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day, how you examine your food when you get it. Yeah. You like hyper examine your food. Yeah, like I got Taco Bell last night and I was so mad because they put tomatoes on my mm-hmm. Crunchwrap Supreme. Like when we went to Lazy Dog and you said, I'm not super picky. And then you got your club and you said, I asked for onion rings instead of fries. And they put tomatoes on my club. That was because they gave me the wrong person's dinner. And she came up later and I was like, she was like, do you want me to do this? I was like, well, I've already eaten half of the fries and half of the sandwich. So, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Well, I just, I don't know. There, I am not the pickiest eater, but I'm picky about very specific things. Mushrooms, tomatoes, and pickles are like the big three. And then I'm allergic to peppers. So I, but usually it's not that big a deal. Yeah. You wouldn't go to a restaurant with a burger and they would just randomly have raw peppers on there. Yeah. That's why for the longest time I avoided Mexican restaurants because of the fajita veggies. No, because. It's just so many 
meals at Mexican restaurants have tomatoes in them and peppers. And so I just don't want to be that like annoying person that's like, yeah, I want this, but can you make sure it doesn't have any peppers and no tomatoes and blah, 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 blah. It's just, I don't want to be that annoying person. Mm. But I do like Mexican food. Oh, I love enchiladas. Yeah, I make good enchiladas. On that note. Anyway. (laughs) Did we have anything else we needed to talk about? I don't think so. Okay. So get your shit. Let's go. When did the orange juice expire? February 14th. (laughs) And what is today? February 18th. (laughs) It's fine. It's also understandable. It's not like you're drinking the orange juice we buy for the podcast. Right. Did we have mimosas? Did we record? Yeah, we did. Remember, but it was later. We didn't have anything. Didn't have any water. You're right. Well, I've got facts about this movie. All right, let's hear it. So this movie came out March 8th, 1996. A gay cabaret owner and his drag queen companion agree to put up a false straight front so that their son can introduce them to his fiance's right wing moralistic parents. Hmm. Boo. (laughs) Politicians. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So this movie was directed by Mike Nichols, stars Robin Williams as Armin Goldman, Gene Hackman as Senator Kevin Keeley, Nathan Lane as Albert Goldman, may also know him as Timon from The Lion King. It's true. Yeah. This was his breakout performance, breakout film role. Oh, he, was he like did great. Primarily on Broadway and then Voices. Oh yeah, because he was in the producers. Mm-hmm. And then he was in the film version too. Uh Diane Weist, Weist, West, W I E S T, something like that, as Lois Keeley, Dan Futterman, Fooderman, I don't know, as Val Goldman. Callista Flockhart as Barbara Keeley and Hank Azaria as Agador Spartacus. My favorite part of the movie. <laughs> it's a solid cast. Yes, this movie was actually a huge hit too. It made 185.3 million return on a 31 million dollar budget. So, it was very successful. Yeah. I think I saw that it was at it was number 1. It debuted number 1 at the box office and then remained on the remain number one for like three weeks or something until primal fear dethroned it oh yeah which is what's his name he played smoochie edward norton edward norton was in that that was the first film i remember seeing him in like the one that made the impact on me i wonder what where he is i don't know hope he's doing good (laughs) hope you're doing good edward norton yeah wherever you are if you're listening you're not definitely not (laughs) could you imagine yeah so that's what I have for the facts. I don't. Did you have anything else to add before we watch the preview? No, I do think that. Well, I did have a couple more actors that I don't know if there is. Oh, yeah. So Christine Baranski as Catherine oh, Archer, Val's mom. Yeah. Tom McGowan as Harry Radman. And then Grant Heslov as National Enquirer photographer. 
Oh, like the reporters? Mm-hmm. Mm. So just a couple of extras. Yeah. I love this movie, though. It's so funny. Between... I hadn't seen it all the way through until this watch through. And so what did you think? I liked generally. it a lot. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I think while this is a Robin Williams movie, this is our second Robin Williams movie in a row where he is outshone. I don't think he's outshone. No, I, just I mean, he think that <laughs> I just think that he's not the star. Yeah, no. Nathan Lane steals the mm-hmm. show for sure. And Hank Azaria as Agador. Yes. Is so funny. Oh my God. Well, that's what's interesting is that Robin Williams was actually hired yeah. to play the drag queen. Right. He was supposed to be Albert, but and, and Steve he, Martin was going to be Armand. Yes. And he said that he didn't want his role to be similar to Mrs. Doubtfire because he had just mm-hmm. filmed Mrs. Doubtfire had just come out. And so he didn't want to play a flamboyant drag queen. He wanted to be a little bit more serious. So when Steve Martin dropped out, he asked to be recast and it yeah. worked out. Yeah. I think it worked definitely. out nicely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's watch the trailer. Okay. Pop, I'm getting married. <laughs> it's a girl. I met her at school. It's this wonderful. Uh, what, what are you. Are you upset? But let me tell you why. Don't use that tone to me. What tone? That sarcastic, contemptuous tone that means you know everything because you're a man and I know nothing because I'm a woman. You're not a woman. Oh, you... Are you crazy? You can't get married. It's out of the question. We've been sleeping together for a year. Oh, God. Has he been tested? Oh, Kevin. Yes, and so have I. His father is in the arts. You do an eclectic celebration of a dance. You do fussy, fussy, fussy. You do Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham. Throw Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. But you keep it all inside. What does the mother do? She's a housewife. Oh, I could play it straight. Al, you old so-and-so. How do you feel about that call today? I mean, the Dolphins. Fourth and three play on their 30-yard line with only 34 seconds to go. How do you think I feel? Betrayed, bewildered. Senator Keeley, Mrs. Keeley, come here and give me a hug. I've never felt such tension. It's like riding a psychotic horse towards a burning stable. God, it's a nightmare. Something very strange is going on. sugar crashing right now oh no i got so sleepy drink your coffee yeah i will okay so i think one of my favorite scenes is the The one where he's teaching him about the toast he's like men smear and he's like smear and then yeah he's telling him to get his pinky down and he just is so aggressive with the toast when he breaks it yeah Ah! pierce the toast yeah he's so dramatic and i love it so i will say that throughout this movie i was kind of thinking uh fuck val why because he's like ashamed of his parents and he wants him to pretend fuck that no and i think that that, that's like the point of the movie right but because at the the end when he says these are my parents and this is my mom yeah but and it did like I know that that was like the journey we were supposed to be on. I just think it's kind of this movie doesn't give you the resolution that 
Like there needs to be more resolution. Like well, the it's kind of funny at the end when the reveal does happen and all oh. Gene Hackman kind of played it perfectly when he was upset that they were Jewish more than yeah. that they were gay. Yeah. He just, she kept saying, he's a man. And he, it's it was just like, going right I don't over understand. It just goes to show they didn't give a shit as much as yeah. people thought they would. It's just, I don't know. Like, I like that Barbara knew and like didn't care. I just feel like we didn't get the resolution. Like there should have been like, they should have apologized because it was it, the ending was kind of abrupt. Yeah. Like, I don't remember it being that abrupt. Like, I know it was obviously I didn't see an alternate <laughs> ending, but it's just weird. Cause they like get found out and they're like, we got to get you out of here. And then they like dress them up, get them out. They get in the car and then literally the credits start rolling. <laughs> and then I mean, it goes to the wedding. Maybe that's just the way the ending is supposed to be is that it's just, not that big of a deal. And then like we clearly get that they end up being okay with it because during the credits we see the wedding. But we just don't see. I feel like we needed to get a. It's like what we were talking about earlier. I like to clear the air. I just feel like there wasn't a solid you resolution. Get closure. Yeah. I just I feel like we didn't get the solid resolution that we should have where they like. They're like, you know what? You guys are okay. Like I feel like we needed a scene after they dress and drag and get out of the club. Yeah. Well, I think that's like they play the song. We are family. Yeah. So clearly, maybe some things don't need to be spelled out for the audience. Maybe you can just assume that things went well. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Because I tend to not like when movies spell it out, spell it out too much. Mm -hmm. It just the ending just felt kind of abrupt to me. Yeah. Because I think it was less about whether her parents accepted it or allowed it to happen. It was about whether Val accepted that's true his parents for who they were, which that's the closure that comes from the whole. But you know, film. you're right. That I didn't think about it like that. That's a good point because Val is the one who was like, "We need to hide this," and <laughs> you you warned me. <laughs> I warned you that my stomach might have something to say. I had Taco Bell last night for dinner. Okay, it's gonna be grumbly. <laughs> I'm fine though. Okay. Did you pick the tomatoes out? No, I threw it away because there <gasps> were too many. What did you order that had too many tomatoes in a it? A Crunchwrap Supreme. Oh yeah, that's... I ha- had to would have had to like deconstruct the whole thing. If it was on like a taco or something, I can take the tomatoes wow, off. it's that intense where you have to throw out the whole thing. Yeah, I hate tomatoes. Why do you hate them so much? Because they taste gross to me. What do they taste like? Gross. Like a I mean, booger. They taste like tomatoes. I just don't like the taste of tomatoes. I feel like they don't have that much of a taste. It's more of a texture. Well. Anyways, your stomach's grumbling. Yeah. Yes, it's about Val accepting his parents for who they are. That's a good point. I did not think about that. And in that case, we do get the resolution where he owns up to it. And he's like, this is my family. Take it or leave it. I didn't like how how Barbara was like, I really, I would have really liked to have you as my family. And then she like walks away. I'm like, girl, you are an adult. She is 18 in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, 18 is hardly an adult. Well, technically, legally. Yes, but not maturity-wise. No. I mean, even in The Little Mermaid, when Ariel says, I'm 16 years old, I'm not a child, I always say, <laughs> oh, yes, you are. Well, now, yeah. We've <laughs> talked about that. Where Now we're like, girl, you better sit down and listen. <laughs> Whereas, like, as a kid, you're like, And she got married at 16 years old. Yeah, with her father's blessing. Still. But also, Eric is kind of, like, 
the OG best prince of is of he? like the traditional like Disney princes from like Cinderella and Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and all of those princes. They had no personality. Eric fucking killed Ursula. <laughs> he's a hero. <laughs> okay. Well, honestly, he's just as he was also very young. I think he's just as vain as the rest of them, though. He no, only fell not. in love with her because of her voice. Yeah. Uh, okay. What about her personality? I don't know. Exactly. What I can she was say, also though, very pretty, and he liked that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I don't want to get into it because I'm sure we're gonna do the Disney Renaissance. Are we? Yeah. Okay. Well, absolutely. It's well, why we didn't do Aladdin for this. Sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Aladdin's know, not one of them. That's why I'm saying that, <laughs> David. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Back to this movie. Yeah. I speaking, you know, that's a good segue talking about the Disney Renaissance because I kind of I don't know. I had this like light bulb moment about the Disney Renaissance movies and stuff because Nathan Lane obviously is Timon in the 1994 Lion King and he has one of my favorite parts of any song in that movie in the opening and end of Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Oh, I thought you were going to say Hakuna Matata. No, where he's like, I can see what's happening. What? (laughs) Like that part. I (laughs) love that part so much. But it really got me thinking about it where I'm not certain enough to say this, that it's this way for all of them, but at least for the ones that I looked up of the Disney Renaissance uh, movies, the song where the leads realize that they're in love is usually the last song. It's like the last musical number. In the movie. Really? Mm -hmm. Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Beauty and the Beast, A Whole New World, Kiss the Girl, I Won't Say I'm in Love, and even I See the Light in Tangled is the last musical number. No. In Beauty and the Beast, they sing Kill the Beast. Oh, right. (laughs) Wrong. What does the vegan teacher say? (laughs) X, X. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're right for that one. There's like music in the other parts, but it's like usually our leads realize that they're in love and then it's like conflict, 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 resolution, the movie's over. Yeah. Hercules was one, I think, because she sings I Won't Say I'm in Love and then, well, then they, the the muses sing. Do they? They sing in that song. Do they no, sing No, she again? sings I Won't Say I'm in Love, but then at the end they sing. And that's a gospel truth. Not that one, but they <laughs> sing something about. I think they do a reprise of Zero to Hero. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something I noticed that most of the Disney movies, like the Disney Renaissance movies, they're really like front loaded with music mm-hmm. because it's not like a lot of, except for the Kill the Beast song in Beauty <laughs> and the Beast. I love how that's the song that sticks out to me. Didn't I mention that song last week, too? Because I mentioned how I was coming to your house with pitchforks to kill the spider. I don't remember you making that reference, but maybe. I think I did. But yeah. Either way, there are no musical numbers. Well, there is a musical number in this movie. Yeah. Because Nathan Lane's character is a drag queen. Mm -hmm. As part of the drag club that they own. What's his name? Starina? Yes. It's kind of a lame drag name. It's interesting because Nathan Lane hadn't come out as openly gay yeah. when they filmed this. And so he maybe, I mean, maybe that's why he's so great in this role. Not because he's he he's gay, but because 
I think I've talked to a lot of my friends who have come out and it's so much easier to be your authentic self. And I think in some ways, yeah, that's maybe why he excelled so much in this movie. I feel like Nathan Lane was the star of this film. Yeah. He was so funny. He was so funny. The toast scene specifically, the director actually had to cover his head with a blanket because he was laughing so hard during the toast scene. So, <laughs> you know, that's seriously one of my favorite parts of the movie. I like the part when he's trying to walk and he's uh, he does the his like initial walk. He's like too swishy. <laughs> he's like, OK, now pretend like you're John Wayne and you're walking into the saloon. And he like does this like little gremlin <laughs> walk and he turns around. He's like no good and he's like no actually it was perfect i just never realized he walked like that (laughs) (laughs) you know i felt so bad for him in this movie because not nathan lane but gosh albert albert because he tried so hard for val i know to he he tried so hard to change so that val could be happy yeah and And that's why i said fuck val (laughs) i like when the next morning when they're talking about val getting married and he says, oh, he's too young. And he starts to just get go on this huge rant. And they're just doing their thing. You know, they're, Robin Williams is reading the newspaper. Agador's just like cooking mm-hmm. or whatever. And they're literally just letting him go on this huge rant about marriage and getting married at a young age is ruining your life and throwing it away. And yeah, you shouldn't throw away your life over what did what do they call her? <laughs> A dorm slut or something like that. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Which is, it speaks less about Val's character and more about her character and the fact that she would let Val ask his parents to. Yeah, because they did kind of seem to be on the same page where like he was already saying like, we need to get Albert out of here. And then meanwhile, she's just lying to her parents about mm-hmm. what his parents do and what they are. She should have just told her parents, I'm going to marry him. I'm in love with him. He has gay parents. Yeah. It's really, again, that's why I think there wasn't too much emphasis on the ending being the closure with her parents. Yeah. And that's why I think, even though it's funny that he's more upset that they're Jewish because they lied about their last name too. Yeah. It's just saying he doesn't give a shit if they're gay or not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's just a weird way to go into a marriage as well. Yeah, definitely. Not Disney-like at all. Right. And it's like, how long did they think they could get away with that anyways? If they're going to be married, it's not like they're never going to interact with each other. Did they just expect him to Albert to be in drag all the time when he would see her parents? Yeah, I don't know. So initially in that scene where Barbara's telling her parents that she's getting married, I thought that they had said, like, you're not even 18 yet. And that gave me major ick. Did they say that? No, they said... They said you're like you're barely 18 or not even 19 yet, but it sounded like 18 to me. So I thought she was 17 and he was 20 and that, ew, ew, not the case. But she, she is was 18. in college, so she couldn't, yeah. well, she could have been 17, but realistically, no. Yeah. So she's 18, not even 19 yet, and he's 20. The funny thing is, Callista Flockhart was actually 30 when they were filming this movie. She does not look 30. No, not even close. And Dan Futterman- Fooderman, however you say his name. He was 27 when they were filming. Wow. So I don't know why Wasn't Hollywood. He also, the guy who played Val, didn't he also play the husband in Father of the Bride? Or the the fiance? Did he? I don't know. I know him from 
uh, Judging Amy, a TV show. It was on like TNT or something, and I would watch it all the time. He played the brother in that. Let me find out. Because if that's the case, then he's just always underage marrying or marrying at a young age. Father of the Bride, is that the one? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. He was not in that. Who did she marry then? Oh, wait, hold on. This is the 2022 one. No, the 91 one. one. Nope. That was Martin Short. Martin Short wasn't who she marries. I don't know. Martin Short is Steve Martin's age. I don't know then. You ask me these things like I'm supposed to know. You are supposed to know. I don't know that I've ever seen Father of the Bride. Whoops. You've never seen Father of the Bride? Not all the way through. It wasn't though. Yeah, he's not on there. Anyway. That just would have been interesting is all I'm saying. Yeah. So that being said, I think a lot has changed in terms of it's interesting because I was thinking about this when I was watching the movie and that how the conflict in all of these 90s films is really about deep topics, but also something's just so it wouldn't happen. It generally doesn't happen anymore for the most part. I feel like a lot of people our age don't meet somebody their freshman year of college and decide to get married. That's not the majority. Oh, yeah. I was but like, it felt like a lot of these films that was happening. Damn, I'm allowed. <laughs> I, <left. laughs> I didn't hear it. Sound. I yeah. did also think it was because we're, you mentioned how Agador was your favorite character. Hank Azaria actually continued to play him in several episodes of The Simpsons. So hmm. you can catch your buddy Agador in other productions of things. Yeah, I also thought it was funny that, or not funny, it was interesting. Hank Azaria created two different voices for the character of Agador Spartacus, one being somewhat of a more masculine voice and the other being higher pitched. He was worried that the second one uh, was too stereotypical until he asked a gay friend of his who, and that friend thought that the higher pitched one was more realistic. So it's (laughs) funny that the stereotypical one was the one that they were like, oh yeah, that's real. He also didn't realize until after filming that he based his accent off of his grandmother. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. He was funny in the scene with the shrimp. Yeah. Where he's crying and freaking out because he didn't make a main dish. Yeah. And he starts panicking. He Why did you tell him it was seafood chowder? (laughs) It's like, what what is sweet and sour pheasant stew? He's like, I made it up. I made it up. (laughs) And then he slips. And then funnily enough, Robin Williams wasn't meant to slip in that scene, but he does. He totally pips it. (laughs) And and then all of them, apparently, I have to go back and watch it. I watched it. I could not tell. You couldn't tell that they you were. You can't really not see Robin Williams, but Agador's crying and Val is drinking and has his back turned to them. I couldn't see the crack of a smirk or anything, okay. but I'm guessing when they yelled "cut," they probably busted out laughing. Yeah, <laughs> but he slipped hard. I also love the part where he's like cooking and like right before they tell Albert that he that Val's getting married, and he's like, "Are you scared of my?" Guatemalan-ness. <laughs> He's like, you're what? He's like, you know, my natural heat. <laughs> He's like, yes, it's your natural heat. <laughs> when are you going to put me in the show? It's like, when you get some talent. He's <laughs> just so harsh with him. I know. Robin Williams does really play a, a bit of a jerk in this. Yeah. Not, not like fully. But just someone who does not tolerate nonsense. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because of who he married. Yeah. A drama queen. Yeah, absolutely. Through and through. Not yeah. just in her drag performances, but just in light. Right. Even that every little thing is dramatic. Yeah. And let's see, what, what was 
some other Agador Spartacus moments that I loved. I loved when he when Armin comes up and finds him dancing to Gloria Estefan in the kitchen. And he's like, he's like, you look like Lucy's stunt double or something like that. And he's like, no, I'm Lucy and Ricky. He's like, you're terrifying. <laughs> I God, I just love every scene he's in. He's so funny. <laughs> he's like, when Val's like, go put some shoes on. And he's like, well, you see, sir, I don't wear the shoes because they make me fall down. <laughs> he totally pips he it does. in that one scene. Bad. And I also love how he bows. To <laughs> Uh, I love this movie. It's so funny. But I, it's really like the entertaining part of this movie is not really the conflict going on. It's just the performances of these, mainly these three actors. The three actors, yeah. yes. The rest of it's boring. The rest of the uh, actors are boring, I would say. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think Calista Flockhart's pretty good in, when she's like, when uh, Albert's wig's falling off and she's like trying oh, to get yeah. him to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but... As far as her parents go, they're kind of boring. Actually, yeah. I was kind of disappointed because I realized after watching it, oh, the lady who plays her mom is in Practical Magic. She's in oh. Edward Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. She's she's in a lot of stuff. She plays really... I feel like her role in this wasn't that great. I think Gene Hackman was okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. The parts with him trying to avoid the press and everything. So we didn't really say, but he is like a... Republican senator who right before or right after Barbara announces that they're getting married the net like the next morning he's on his like re-election campaign and his partner in, or co-founder of this like moral authority group or whatever gets found in like dead in bed with an underage black prostitute uh-oh yeah, so it's like... A politician with scandal? I know. Who would have thought? Big drama. Big drama. So that's like the conflict going on with them. But it's definitely nowhere near as interesting. I don't know. It's weird that they like set up this whole like drama and the press and everything. And then they really don't end up being... I mean, they are kind of a big part of it because they have to sneak out of the club in the end to avoid them. But it kind of felt like it was on the back burner. Yeah, and... I don't know. It was just it, there was emphasis unnecessarily on his reputation, which was already he's a politician. Your reputation sucks. Right. Sorry to break it to you. Right. Boo, Whether you go into a drag club or not. Right. And I don't care if you're Republican or a Democrat. Boo, politicians. Politicians suck. Uh oh. If I end up dead, you know why. <laughs> God. <laughs> Hopefully not. Oh my gosh, that Mike's Mike. Oh, I think it's. No, it's in the other one of the other videos, but he's talking about like when he's talking about the Twilight movies when the, Edward and Bella go on a boat to the island for their honeymoon or whatever. And he's like, ew, no, I have an aversion to the ocean. If you ever see a picture of me on a boat, no, it wasn't my choice. That's <laughs> or you. it was against my will. Yeah, that's me. If you text sure. me, you're going to the ocean. I'll be suspicious that you're being killed. Yeah. If you you've ever, been killed. If you ever find me like dead on a boat, know that it was a hit. And it's not like David is afraid of the ocean only. He has an actual aversion. Yeah. Like when my Apple TV has the <laughs> screensaver up and we're talking, all of a sudden he'll just go, <laughs> and I don't know. It takes me forever to figure out why. And then I look at the screen and realize, oh, that's I had my I like had my eyes averted because <laughs> I like couldn't look at it. And sometimes I want to send you the coolest stuff, but I know I can't because of that and i remember i 
didn't mean to set you up an avatar. It's a three-hour movie, so I did forget there were parts <sighs> that would upset you. <laughs> I was okay for mm, like ninety percent of it. You didn't like when they went outside of the the reef. The yeah, reef. I'm okay underwater. with the reef because it was surface level. Well, I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> Let's stop talking about it. Okay. Well, so I thought this was interesting. This was Robin Williams' seventh film to gross over one hundred million in the U.S. Yeah, he was. Th- this was like peak Robin Williams time. Mm-hmm. He was, he was probably one of the biggest stars in Hollywood at this point. <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah. Ah, uh, what a time to be alive, though. The '90s—they were so good. Yeah, I agree, and I think that this is one of the things. I don't know if I really want to get into this. I don't want to get canceled, but I feel like we've had. Obviously, there's been an uptick in like representation recently, which is great. But I just don't know that I like people pretending like the representation nowadays Mm -hmm. is the first time anything like this has ever happened. And it's like breaking new ground because you did have movies like this in the 90s where you have an openly gay couple as the leads. And it's just like, yeah, that's just right. But again, it's way different because they're hiding who they are. And yes, their resolution comes at the end that they don't have to hide who they are. But the whole theme is that there's shame around the fact that they're a gay couple. But there shouldn't be. It's about how there shouldn't be. Agreed. And I think it's a movie, well, you know, well outside of the time. It's, you know, not woke, but well, no, the I equivalent actually, of what woke would have been in the 90s. I actually think that this movie did, uh, maybe, maybe that's... Not exactly true. I was going to say, I think that this one, so the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation or GLAAD actually praised this film for going beyond the stereotypes and to see the character's depth and humanity. The film celebrates differences and points out the outrageousness of hiding those differences. It was also nominated for a GLAAD Media Award. I think that part of it is like, and you and I have talked about this before, where I don't like when movies or TV shows or whatever it is boil people down to their labels and i think that this movie did a really good job of not of allowing armand and albert to be gay without being gay be the only thing about them does that make Mm -hmm. sense yeah and i i just don't like when people get boiled down to their labels because i feel like that does happen or has happened maybe not so much nowadays but like in the 2000s and stuff if you had like the gay best friend that was like their personality type was being gay. Yeah. And if you had like the black best friend, then they were usually like the loud black best friend. And I don't like that. No, I don't like that either. I just, I feel like you should make a good character and whether they're gay or black or whatever shouldn't. It shouldn't be a stereotype. It's not, not that's not a personality type. (laughs) No, and it's not a stereotype either. Yeah. There are just so many stereotypes that surround the gay community that it bothers me sometimes when, and I think that that's a big thing I talk about with my really good friend, Sebastian, is he just, he's a gay man, his husband, they're gay men, and he just hates the stereotypes. Right. Because yes, they have moments where they say stuff like girl, but that's not 24 seven. That's not how they act. They're. You they're know, not they're, al- they're not always the sassy gay friend. Right. Yeah, and they're more than that. There can be, but for the most part, that's not, you know, the majority of the time. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I liked about it. I, I liked that Armin and Albert were fully fleshed out characters that just happened to be gay. Yeah. I mean, it was like a central focus of the movie, but I... But they weren't... It wasn't... I don't know. Like, it was... 
I, I really, really, really liked the line that Robin Williams had where he was talking to Val about how, how like, well, we need to hide this. We need to hide this. We need to do this. We need to do that. And Albert or Armand was like, look, I know who I am. It took me 20 years to get here. And I'm not going to change that just for the, just for some politician. Right. And I, again, that brings light to the fact that while the senator is supposed to be homophobic and right-winged it's really val who's the antagonist yeah in the whole exactly thing. It, and so my initial sentiment of fuck val was valid because that's i think the supposed to be the point not necessarily fuck val but like he's the one that needs to come to grips with the fact that like his parents are a, a gay couple the reason that this girl was attracted to you and fell in love with you was how you were raised and you were raised by two men right it's made pretty clear in the movie that he's never even met, met his, his mom. birth mom yeah so David just made me listen to Hello Darkness by Old <laughs> I don't even remember. Oh, because we were talking about the little drummer boy, because I woke up with that stuck in my head. So. And then I said, you hate Christmas. I don't, so I don't understand why it was I stuck in your head. I hate Christmas. You're like the Grinch. You hate people. I don't hate people. I do hate people. But I don't hate Christmas. It's just not my favorite holiday. Mm-hmm. So why would that song be stuck in your head of all I have songs? no idea. It was so random. Literally woke up and it was in my head. Aliens. They're to... coming. They're going to make you like Christmas. Yeah, but we're still going to shoot them down. <laughs> Gosh. David, seriously, we have to stop talking about that. Because what if we do get killed? Yeah. So the two-minute opening sequence. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Can I say something? Yeah. So this was based off of or it was a remake of a French play mm -hmm. called La Cage of Faux. So there was a remake. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's Southern. Well, I was... La Cage of Faux. <laughs> <laughs> it was... So this is a remake of that play, but there's actually a remake planned for the mid-80s with Frank Sinatra starring oh. and Dudley Moore. And Sinatra actually agreed, but Moore decided against it. So then they pushed it out until the mid-90s. It was kind of just a project that was put on hold until then, hmm. which I found pretty interesting. Yeah. Because I wonder what it would have been like in the 80s with Frank Sinatra leading. Yeah, I don't know what the original's like. Apparently, it apparent was like kind of underwhelming, according to some of the reviews that I read. Like this, one, was I a, think that this remake was trying not to be stereotypical in the way maybe the play was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, continue with your fact. <laughs> the two-minute opening sequence looks like one continuous steady cam shot when, in fact, the sequence consists of three separate shots seamlessly combined through the magic of dissolves, matting, and morphing. So, shot one begins in a helicopter over the Atlantic and ended over the streets of Miami's South Beach area where the club was located. Shot two began on a crane simulating the uh, a chopper where the steady cam operator was gradually gradually lowered to the ground level before stepping off the crane. He then traversed the streets and proceeded to the club's front door. Shot three was executed on a stu studio soundstage where the steady cam operator began just outside the club exterior and then proceeded inside for the shot's conclusion. According to the cinematographer Emmanuel Lubezki, Lubezki? I don't know. The most difficult aspect of the process was matching the speed of the crane with that of the helicopter. Hmm, that's interesting. I know. It's crazy. I don't know. I feel like there's just not that there's not work that goes into movies nowadays, but like with technology and stuff, I feel like it's a little bit more manageable. 
but I thought it was kind of crazy in the eighties and nineties when somebody had like a vision of how they wanted something to happen, the lengths that they would go to, to, to make that vision happen was pretty crazy. Yeah. Like we talked about all the effects and stuff on, or in the matrix, like with the, with that shot going around Keanu Reeves, they were like so determined. They were like, we're going to have this shot one way or another. Yeah. (laughs) And they literally had to like create shit to do it. I just thought that was really cool. That's a lot of these 90s films, early 2000s films. Yeah. I guess we haven't really reviewed a newer film to know. I mean, we have. Yeah. Did Mortal Kombat. Okay. Well, you talked a bunch of shit about that one. I'm thinking like A Quiet Place. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that Mike Nichols required that Nathan Lane and Robin Williams filmed at least one good take of each scene sticking to the script before he would allow them to improvise. Something both of the actors were known for. So, right. Or are known for. Yeah. Robin Williams, notoriously. <laughs> like a notorious I just don't know how they didn't spend the whole movie cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> during their scenes. I'm sure. Because there was Nathan like, Lane did such a good job being so dramatic. <laughs> yeah. I, I swear. Love, I love that part. Even the, the one in the preview where he's like, you're not a woman. He's like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> he gets so upset. <laughs> and the, I forget what he says. But it's in that same scene where he like throws himself onto the couch all dramatic. Like <laughs> it's the same scene. Yeah. He's but I forget what he's refusing says. to go out for the show or something. Yeah. It's it is funny. I love it. I And then Agador just is like giving him aspirin with like the aspirin <laughs> scratched off and telling him it's like some kind of pill that's gonna help him <laughs> with anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah. It's so funny though. But I do I'll go back to the fact that he he really tried, Albert tried so hard to change mm-hmm. so that Val could be happy, which is so sad, but so sweet, especially when he's in the suit and he's trying to, and he crosses his leg and realizes he should not be doing that. And just all the little nuances yeah. to make. It is, it is sad. Albert is like the embodiment of that meme where it's like, I'll be okay. I just have to be dramatic first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, agree that Val was the villain in this. Yeah. And you do feel bad for Albert because he's like, don't worry, the freak is leaving. <laughs> like, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But also, but how then also stupid he's just like, are her parents? <sighs> how stupid are her parents? Yeah, you can literally see his five o'clock shadow. <laughs> I mean, the whole time. It's absolute stupidity that they have to spell it out for him at the end. You're a politician and they have to spell out that he's a man. Yeah. Just <laughs> I like I like how the wife in the end is like, I'll explain it to you in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. But it, I guess I could understand where you were kind of wanting a conversation between the parents to happen where the parents would just say, it's not a big deal. Right. Or like, we see what you've done to try to make this easier for us or make this easier for our daughter or whatever. And like, we're accepting you now. And we just didn't get that, which was kind of annoying. It's okay, though. Yeah. It doesn't mean the film is a flop. This film is certainly not a flop. I hope you have nicer things to say about this film than you did about that sis bitchy. What do you mean? I've only said nice things except fuck Val and (laughs) the no resolution. I thought you meant about death to smoochie. I was like, you said nothing nice about death to smoochie. That is not true. I had some nice things to say. You're a big poo-pooer. Wow. So also in the scene where Gene Hackman is on the ladder, he gives a peace sign. Mm-hmm. And it ref- it's a reference to Richard Nixon. Hackman was on Nixon's enemies list back in the 1970s. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, which is, I 
I feel like Gene Hackman played the role pretty well, actually. I thought he was really funny. Yeah. And then I also, I think I saw that this was like Callista Flockhart's, like she got casted in this when she really didn't have much like film experience because obviously she ended up being famous for Ally McBeal, which I've never watched a single episode of. I don't even know what it's about, but she was really big on that and she's been in some stuff definitely, but she was kind of like a stage actress before this. And then she got cast in this just, I don't know, with like very little film experience, which I thought was interesting. I, she wasn't memorable to me, but no, she wasn't like the breakout star. She was fine. She was suitable. Definitely. Yeah. I'm mostly impressed with the three. Yeah. Nathan Lane, Robin Williams and Hank Azaria. Yeah. Those are the three. I mean, like I said, Gene Hackman was funny, but those three really take the entertainment to a different level. Definitely. I would highly recommend watching this film. Hank Azaria actually worked through his birthday on a different movie. I was reading like it was his 30th birthday. Oh, it was Heat. I think I yeah, saw that one. Yeah, he had filmed until 6 a.m. and then he showed up on set on his birthday. And when Mike Nichols found that out, he sent him home. It's like, get the fuck out of here. It's your birthday. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me think of that Jim Gaffigan stand-up. I can't believe I have to go to work on my on birthday. My birthday. <laughs> yeah. And then Hank Azaria was actually so committed to this film that he his good he and his good friend Billy Bob Thornton were working on oh, so he was yeah, they were playing Agador and then Billy Bob Thornton was look, working on the production of his film Sling Blade and both characters had distinctive voices and behavior the two, two friends used to work on their characters voices by driving around pretending Agador and Carl Childers were in a buddy cop film together yeah which I thought was pretty funny yeah I love this movie I thought it was so good so good choice thank you to you thank you I, I, mean, yeah, I love this movie. Too. I didn't even say fuck Val. You did. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Well, he's the villain. So <laughs> I was just thinking about how. What was that movie where I said someone was. Oh, Just Friends. I said Jamie was the villain. Yeah. Very controversial. This one's not as controversial of a claim because Val was the yeah. reason that. I, I'm i surprised his dads weren't just like, go fuck yourself, bro. Yeah. But. See, that's why I like doing these things and talking about these movies with you, because I never even put it together that Val was the antagonist of the movie and he was the one that needed to change. I was just like, why do I dislike him? (laughs) And that's why. Yeah. I mean, it's, and again, that's why I think it wraps it up nicely at the end because he does come clean and he does say, this is my mom. Right. This is, this is my mom. These Mm -hmm. are my parents. Yeah. And he owns it. And I like that, that, yeah. And then I like that. I was like, this movie has no resolution. And you're like, wrong. X. <laughs> X. X. So, yeah, I don't have any more fun facts, though. I don't either. Just go watch this film. We can Definitely. score it. Okay. You want to start? What's no, your... I always start. No, you Okay, fine. I always start. Okay. So, for funny, I gave it an eight. I gave it a nine. Hmm. Okay. I laughed every time Nathan Lane came on the screen or Agatha I lo- came on, yeah. I laughed. That's true. <laughs> I think I've seen it so many times that I wasn't like actively laughing. But I do really enjoy it. I, I laughed at Agador, though. I laughed at basically all the scenes they were all in. Yeah. I just thought it was so funny. I pl- I replayed that toast scene probably like 10 times. <laughs> I had the that part where, he, where Agador is singing. He's like, I work hard for the money. <laughs> <laughs> so hard for the money. <laughs> Stuck in my head yesterday. 
actually didn't watch this movie yesterday. I watched it two days ago. Oh. I know. I really had my shit together this time. I'm proud of you. Thanks. What about for story? I give it a seven. I gave it an eight. Mm. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I I gave it a seven because of my initial thought about it not having a resolution. Would you change that? Yeah. I might bump it up to an eight. Okay. What about funny? We already talked about funny. Acting. (laughs) I gave it an eight. I gave it a ten. Wow. I thought they were good. I told you. Yeah. The three leads are good. This is as good as it gets for the acting. Like you said, the other characters were... Not as memorable, but the acting as far as the three main people go was a 10 for me. Okay. Yeah. And then effects. Uh, I gave that an eight. I gave it an eight. (laughs) (laughs) There weren't that many, but he did a good job pulling off the drag queen bit. I just remember there is one of the drag queens in the opening scene, the We Are Family scene, that has like such a great smile. It's one of the black drag queens. You're going to have to screenshot it and post it. Yeah. So we know what you're talking about. Yeah. His smile is gorgeous. (laughs) I don't know. It's just like, I just remember thinking that while I was watching that. I was like, wow, he's got a really good smile. You have smile envy? Yeah. (laughs) He's got like perfect teeth and stuff. Yeah. Can't say the same for myself, but that's fine. Uh, Yeah, definitely not for me. (laughs) Not you. What? Let me make it clear so you know I'm not burning you this time. I'm talking about myself. Zach thought that part was so funny. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I, I wonder, did he think, did he, is that what he thought initially? No, because I preemptively told him oh, okay. what went down. Yeah. So we still haven't went. gotten any thoughts about what people thought of that comment. Did you think I was burning Rita or did you think I was burning Zach? Maybe both. Or both. Both. Yeah. What was your final score? So if I bring the story up to an eight now that I know there's a resolution that my score was an eight, but with the original seven, it was a 7.75. Mine is 8.75. Wow. This is a very high for you. It's probably going to be a rewatch for sure. Yeah. I it's, really liked it. It's my very, sister very will be excited to hear this episode too. Cause she loves this movie. Yeah. It's also free on YouTube right now. Oh, did you pay for it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's free on YouTube. That right was now. a yawn. So is death to smoochie. That cereal man. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't eat cereal. You haven't taken a single sip of your mimosa. Because I'm afraid I'm going to be snoring. <laughs> I'm going to be like. <sighs> I also made David take a sip of the mimosa first to, to make, make sure, sure the orange I... juice wasn't poisoned. Yeah, because <gasps> if he died, then I just would have been like. Oh, you right. know, my stomach didn't start rumbling until after that. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. There's tomatoes in it. <laughs> <laughs> or cheese. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> your shredded cheese from your freezer. Yeah. It. <laughs> came alive and crawled into the <laughs> orange juice. That sounds like a Goosebumps novel. It does. Novel? <laughs> Story? Yeah. Like Goosebumps is some... Literary piece. Noble of... <laughs> prize winners. Nobel prize winner. Noble. Noble prize winner. That's why I'll never win one. I have very fond memories of Goosebumps, though. I loved Goosebumps. I loved the TV show. Do you remember Say Cheese and Die? Yes. Yeah. That was the one with the cover where they were all at the... Uh, barbecue and they were all skeletons right Mm -hmm. yeah i do remember that one i don't remember which one it was but i have a very vivid memory of i was out of school because i had tonsillitis and me and my dad went to fuck does my laptop keep making that sound because it's a notification well it needs to shut up Uh, anyways we my dad and i went to steak and shake after the my doctor's appointment and we got milkshakes and my dad we sat at the bar and my dad read me goosebumps 
I think you did mention that in maybe our Shining episode. Maybe. I remember that Oh, story. when we were talking about like how, how we, we got, got into, into horror. scary stuff. Yeah, I might have mentioned that before. Yeah. It's a very fond memory for me. I was obsessed with scary stuff when I was younger. Yeah. Like I used to watch Goosebumps, read I'm, Goosebumps. I'm I used to read scary stories to tell in the dark, which the artwork in those books is terrifying. Yeah. You saw the movie, right? Yes. That they came out with? It was pretty good. The spider thing was done well. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I, I hated that the fat lady in like the what red hallways. That? What story was that? I don't remember that one. There was a picture for sure. I remember I remember the, the scarecrow. Yeah. But I remember the scarecrow differently because I remember the ending scene is he was drying their skin in the Ew. sun on the roof. Ew. Yeah. What the fuck? That was not a kid's story. <laughs> it was in the library. I, I know. could check it out. I know. And it was for sale at the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah. What the fuck? And my parents bought it for me. Then what my the mom fuck? never looked at the cover and said, this is not appropriate. That's crazy. Because looking back on it, you're like, that would not be allowed nowadays. The only thing my mom never, ever let me read and never bought me was The Lovely Bones. Because the librarian, oh. even though it was, you could check it out, the library, the librarian told my mom that it, the subjects it talked about, my mom said no. That probably for the best. <sighs> yeah. That was a good call. Good librarian. Well, anyways... Yes, the stuff we were able to read as children is a little sketchy. Yeah, the 90s were just a different time. It was just like, a, it was like the wild, wild west. Anything <laughs> goes. Yes. Some weird stuff on TV, too. It's just. Well, I think about the show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That was yeah. pretty scary. Yeah. That was not, not appropriate. I still think that Don't Look Under the Bed was pretty scary for a Disney Channel original movie. Yeah, it was. It some of the visual, me. some of the visuals in that. That's the scariest boogeyman I've ever seen. Yeah, and I've seen boogeyman. Nope. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, that's all we have for this one. We have a very special guest coming on the next one. Yeah, very excited. we actually do know what we're recording next. Usually, but at the you end don't. Of these, we don't. You won't. You don't. You won't find out next week. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Can I get a mimosa?